Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 238 on Tuesday the 26th of February 2019. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And on this week's show, we'll be talking about good news for the PSA group. Also, we discuss how Magic Box software may not be magic after all. And registrations for the Festival of the Unexceptional has opened. Yay! But first, as ever, it seems, a bit of follow-up and... Last week, after last week, well, a week is a long time in the automotive world, it appears. <laughs> last week, we were saying how wonderfully it was going in the courts for VW. Well, this week... Well, you VW, were saying that. Yeah, VW have now suffered a setback in a German court. <laughs> and this is... Oh, gee, yeah. So well, it swings around about. But th- this is interesting, actually. This is could potentially be massive for Volkswagen because it's this was at the federal court of justice which is the highest court for germany or in germany mm-hmm. and volkswagen was arguing that because the software was legal under european union law it they don't need to uh, compensate anyone the court has said no 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 we don't agree with that so they must be saying this court must be saying that the the software was in fact illegal and that would mean that Volkswagen will have to actually compensate customers if the, if they decide that this is compensation is valid and that the software was actually illegal because they're saying it's not i think what they were trying to say was that it was not Legal, not not legal, I think. Oh, I've got myself right in a twist here. They Are weren't, you trying they to weren't say saying the- before the case all opened whether it was legal or not. So as that, that is the situation, you can't then throw out the fact that uh, you can't say, oh, we don't have to compensate anyone. That can will only be decided if uh, compensate if it is found to be Ill- illegal. Yes. Oh, that's not bad. I Only still, seven yeah, well minutes done. into that. Right, that's, you, you, that was really well done. This is one of these stories where it is horrifically complex. The trouble is, that even if the software isn't legal, do they still need to pay compensation? Because have they actually lost anything? And that's mm. that's probably going to be the this this is this is why I'm not a lawyer. But that's pro- probably going to be what Volkswagen's lawyers are going to say, isn't it? Well, but part of what Volkswagen were trying to why they were trying to uh, bat back the compensation was the plaintiff was saying, "Well, I should have the vehicle replaced," and Volkswagen was saying, "Well, we can't do that because it's the car was bought in 2015." We don't make mm-hmm. that. It's a completely different model, completely different technology. It's not fair to say, here's a brand new vehicle, because we can't do a like for like. Everything has yeah. been improved and is better than that, because that's what we do. And the judge, judges also turn around and go, no, nah. <laughs> no, it is perfectly acceptable to replace with whatever the current model is of the model they had, which uh, I can sort of see, but seems if I was the company, I'd be really wincing at that. <laughs> I, I can see why you'd say that, but I could also understand why. I, I can see both sides of the story on that anyway. Mm. So that, I mean, that's why I just wanted to bring this one in because this could have catastrophic effects on Volkswagen in the in Europe if this mm. goes through because precedence is set. 
Yeah. Th- this isn't in the show notes, but did you see that there's uh, somebody in Germany recently did some more tests on some of the latest uh, Euro 60 diesels? No. Uh, for nitrogen emissions, nitrogen oxide emissions, doing them under real world testing uh, and yeah, real world, real world testing whilst monitoring what the emissions were. And the limit is something like 168 whatevers um, of nitrous oxides. And the vehicles themselves, in some cases, were emitting near zero. Uh, others were 29. <laughs> Uh, and I can't remember. It was a there was a Mercedes, a BMW, and 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 something else in there. Um, I'm sorry. I should we should probably have included that story. Uh, but but it was just the difference between these diesel vehicles that have caused a lot of this uh, and what's actually out there and being made now by other manufacturers is very very wide. You know, it's a massive difference. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop going off. Please. No, but that but no, you, you're quite right though, because that sort of backs up what a lot of industry and people have been saying about uh, the existing new diesels. You can't lump them into the same argument as older diesels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Anyhow, uh, next up, interesting article in Autocar about Honda and closing Swindon. Uh, And what's particularly interesting about it uh, isn't just that it's last week's one by by Jim Holder, which was was excellent, but this one is actually an interview with the ex-boss of Honda UK or Honda Cars? Honda UK. UK. Honda, the big big chief of Honda, yes. I've sat next to him at dinner. You sat next to him at dinner, yes. Uh, A chap called Philip Crossman. Uh, all about the the sort of five factors that he feels are involved in in why um, why Honda chose to close uh, Swindon, and most of them we 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 know and we've covered in the past. But it's quite nice to have confirmation from elsewhere. So uh, first up, just to run through the five, and we do really recommend giving this uh, this autocar uh, article a bit of a read. Uh, first one is just generally shifting sales patterns around the world and the just challenges of the global car market. Yeah. Now part of this of course sub bit which I don't think is mentioned here is of course that that it's the same Civic that sold all around the world nowadays yes. right now. There is no Euro market Civic versus Japanese market it's Civic. It's a global platform, versus US market Civic. So it is global. Yeah. Next next one of course is electrification uh and of course uh uh, um, Swindon was was never built to be an electric uh, an EV plant, uh, and indeed was a bit of a a, a certain uh, a bit of a center of excellence for diesel as well. And and well, what we just talked about come into that. Uh, next up was Chinese market decline and shift, uh, which is true. Uh, so yes, so differences in China, the drop in Chinese in Chinese um, foreign vehicle sales is really quite marked uh, at the moment. Next up is the Japan-EU trade deal, mm-hmm. which we're all aware of as well. It's been a long, long time since since the Japanese the, since the Japanese manufacturers had limits on, agreed to limits on how many vehicles they would bring into, the, into Britain and into the EU. That's all gone. The new trade deal that's just come through makes it much, much easier for Japanese 
companies to bring Japanese built models over here. And last but not least, of course, there is the B word and the uncertainty around that. Uh, yep. As we said, exactly as we said last week, uh, you know, it might not be the factor, but it is a factor. Yes. Um, and not this, not probably the idea of Brexit itself, but the idea of the uncertainty around it and the fact that nobody still has a, knows quite what's going on. No. No, can't it, there's a there's a change. Talking. There's a change every day at the minute with it. And how's how is a business or an industry that is investing billions at a time into technology and development supposed to understand where they're meant to invest that if they don't know what's going on? You can't well, you cannot expect a business to do that. Well, when it's capital investment like that, you can't just pick it up and move it, can you? Well, unless you're Ford and you need a, a, a a line to start working in a different factory very quickly. <laughs> well, that's very true. No, yes. but that is not plan A. That was no. that's under exceptional circumstances. So very, and that costs there is, a lot of money. But in new news, there is some good news. There is indeed. PSA has recorded a recurring operating income that has risen forty three percent to five point six nine billion euros. And it has a 7.7% profit margin, which has apparently been helped by the acquisition of Opal Vauxhall, which has also got good news because they have run out of profit for the first time in 20 Many years. years. 20 years. So yes, for 20 2018. Years. So this is an amazing turnaround for Opal Vauxhall. It's brilliant news that PSA, whilst acquiring someone, can still turn a quite a decent profit margin it's all really very bullish from from there uh, and carlos tavare who is the ceo has has outlined some really positive and bold strategy and aims for the company they're going back into uh, america they're going to they're going to do that with with peugeot that's going to forefront that he's very very bullish about uh, ds which We've been once a month lamenting the lack of vehicles, although they've they just uh, launched the DS4 Crossback, is it? Yes. I noticed that in the last couple of weeks. So uh, hopefully they can continue to chuck out more stuff. They're also going to um, be electrifying their fleet, so there's going to be hybrids and full electrics. So we don't all have to... Citroen in Russia as well. Yep. Uh, no, uh, Citroen in India, pardon India, me. India, because they're and, the uh, funky and comfortable brand, I think was yeah. some and of the phrases. That if ever there was a country that needed air bumps, it, it has to be India. And and suspension. <laughs> and the suspension, totally. But totally. also was quite, well, was reasonably positive sounding about Ellesmere Port as mm -hmm. well at the moment and saying... Uh, that if there is a well brexit whatever variety flavor shape or form that happens then that could actually be good news for Vauxhall because of the UK's long-term history with the brand and that may yeah. be something they would look to I think exploit is a strong word here but uh, take advantage of uh, yeah. when it comes to selling vehicles. So 
let's see on that on that front. But one of the other things he talked about was that they are not going to pour money into uh, public autonomous vehicles. They will do it for consumer, sorry, consumer uh, autonomous vehicles. He doesn't see them going beyond level three for us punters driving our own cars. I still think that's a mistake, but anyway, that, that would oh, be... So it's level three in the flawed levelling SE yes. level. Yeah. That's thing. the one where it's driving along and then it'll go, oh, I don't know what to do, take over quick. And um, you'll go, Hoo! and drop and your And whilst you've been reading a paper or watching a film, you're expected to grab hold of the steering wheel and be fully cognitive of what's going on. But hey, you know details move on move on so uh they may do uh level four though for particular areas on like robo taxis and that sort of thing in in set areas that may be something they are exploring so that's that was good to hear uh from from my point of view on the back Mm -hmm. of waymo turning around and saying look don't know if we'll ever get level five by the way everyone let's all just chill out a bit it's all right because tesla have it in Three months. It's okay. Months the, no, outside. it's okay. It, it, he won't be able to tweet soon. All right. Oh, well, there we go. That'll be a lucky break. Because the SEC the SEC are going to take his phone off him, I think will be the least of the things that they do to him. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on from talking about them? This is why we don't. Yes. So uh, I, think, I think that's really, really good news in the motor industry, considering how much doom and gloom there is around. Yeah, I thought it was so nice. By the way, just talking about DS... Uh, at Christmas when I was in France, I just noticed so many around the place. Yeah, I I noticed especially the the, the seven uh, the seven crossback. It seems to be really quite popular on certainly in whether in France or not, but certainly on the French auto route, it seemed to be really quite popular. Yeah, okay, interesting. Hmm. Uh, interesting. It could also be just that I was tuned into looking at them. Really, I really like the interior of that. It's lovely. I'm not sold on the exterior, but the interior. I, interior I don't care, looks, when you're inside, you can't see it. Yeah, it's just a bit bland. That's all for me. But anyway, there maybe be. Mm-hmm. I maybe feel different if I saw one up close. Right, there is, however, now some not quite so good news, Alan. Oh no, there's just some more drama and excitement. Okay, uh, you, you reframe so, it in a good way then. So supposedly Renault, Nissan, the PSA Group, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, and JLR are all being investigated by the European Commission uh, for possible antitrust violations on parts, according to Automotive News Europe, who are reporting, um, reporting Der Spiegel uh, as well. So it's all about whether or not uh, those companies work together to raise uh, parts prices by up to about a quarter Mm. uh, with the help of consulting firm Accenture. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, this is one one of these stories. This is one of these stories. This happens. Well, no, I still am. But it's this kind of thing happens all the time in manufacturing industries where there are parts shared between vehicles, even small modules. I'm not talking big chunks of metal uh, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, like, uh, computing parts, possibly screens, all sorts of things which aren't obvious to us. Uh, Gearboxes, for example. And... um, But but this kind of thing happens in, in many manufacturing 
manufacturing industries and I just think, oh, that's that's just rubbish. It's, it, it's often that a competitor has decided that they're going to take a slightly nasty way of, of, of winding up uh, their, their competitors. Uh, but given that a consulting firm is mentioned, that seems a little bit interesting and unusual. Mm. Uh, I don't, this is, but however, this is one of these things that will either, that will either keep on going or just die and we won't hear of it ever again. So I'm not putting too much weight onto it as it was, uh, according to Automotive News Europe, spokespeople for JLR, PSA and Fiat Chrysler declined to comment whilst representatives from Renault and Nissan could not be reached for immediate comment. I think they were busy I think elsewhere. they're busy, <laughs> yes. That was the decision I came to, too. So just a short one there. But this started in December, this investigation. It did. It did. It, it, it. And I notice three companies that are not involved in this but are involved in another one are Volkswagen, uh, Daimler, B- and BMW, BMW who, have, yes. who are being uh, investigated whether they colluded on clean emission technology. If one were cynical and perhaps donned a tinfoil hat a lot, looking at the first group of companies compared to the second group of companies, that may well tie into your first suggestion or example of what has happened in other industries. Impressively, Ford have managed to avoid being in either. Mm. (laughs) Good work. Yes. It does cover most of the European motor industry there, though. Yes, really in does. one yes, form or another. The two of them. Well, uh, anti-car narrative, it's rife in the EU and the EC, isn't it? Um, I don't know. It is, politically, but they also yeah. know that that's where all the money comes from. So it's a tricky one now. Hmm. I'm not prepared to go into that. No, no. I was just making a comment. I wasn't suggesting we explore mm-hmm. that. Because I'm going to yes, move on good. now to BMW and yes. how they have been fined 8.5 million euros for and I'm quoting here, administrative lapses after the automaker installed the wrong engine management software on 7,965 vehicles. Why is this not in follow-up, by the way? Because we covered this before. I meant to ask before we started. Uh, because it's because a mistake we had by talked me. about it in the past. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. Whoops. That's all. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so if you remember, BMW did go to the uh, Transport Commission in Germany and say, oh, very sorry, made this mistake. Complete error. Just one of those simple little things. We flicked the wrong bit of the switch and now we've done higher emissions. We're terribly sorry. So they've been fined 8.5 million euros. Now, I think I saw Greg Cable tweeting about this, the man on the ground in Germany, as we keep saying. Uh, And he was saying the German law is set up that if you admit to the problem before someone else finds out you are dealt with slightly more leniently than if they find it out mm-hmm. because BMW fessed up in this case they didn't did they? yes they did they did yeah so and they've just accepted the findings as yeah they just turned around and went yeah that's it absolutely now you were trying to avoid the b word before but i'm afraid we can't because yeah, i know i we have selected a small very very small selection of Articles connected with this in the, I think, tidal wave is perhaps the right way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Very quick one to start with. Uh, Mike Hawes, uh, the chief executive of the Society of Motor Manufacturer and Trader, has put out an article 
a very brute short one, just pointing out that Brexit is a to paraphrase the title why Brexit is a dangerous distraction from the industry's global challenges. And uh, I think that that ties very nicely in with that Philip Crossman article that we yeah. talked about earlier on about, about, uh, about Honda, where he actually explores them in a little bit more detail than Mike Hawes does just here. I mean, of course he focuses, focuses on the, the disaster that would be a no deal Brexit for actually, you know, trying to get goods and services in and out of the country. Yeah. Uh, so that's what that link is well worth a quick follow-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we haven't mentioned here. I don't know if anybody else has received emails from their car insurance company uh, pointing out that we'll need a green card after the 29th of March. Probably. I know I have from mine. And yeah, so just remember that and that it, and that certainly, uh, certainly, my insurance company are saying it takes about it's going to take us about fourteen days to process, and you need to ring us up on this new premium number. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was on the usual, the usual local rate number. Actually, I, 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 they've missed a trick. That's unlike my them. insurance company. Are not that evil. It is. It, it isn't like them, but they are actually quite quite nice they are a mainstream insurance company and they are still rather good at these things uh so just worth pointing that out uh the other one there's a story by ethan jupp on motoring research about uh some some uh research has been carried out by car wow who also do some really nice content by the way some decent content on um on YouTube, uh, if you don't watch any of their stuff or subscribe to it. Uh, but they've built a tool to predict Brexit price rises from different car manufacturers. Uh, this kind of slightly follows on from Porsche saying, well, if there's no deal Brexit, it's probably going to cost you 10 grand more on your new Porsche. Uh, if you could just sign this piece of paper to say that you'll accept that, that would be lovely. <laughs> um, but they're saying it could be up to £8,000. Of course, that's a could be and an up to are both in there. And an average, that's the average. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be under a thousand pounds. It could could be many thousands of pounds more. So do check that one out. But just be aware that, of course, uh, uncertainty and people trying to hedge against exchange rate issues and, uh, and any immediately imposed tariffs uh, will mean that there's a bit of... Yeah, I mean, everybody must realise everything's going to cost more. I don't think everybody does. The last thing is that we may need some of us who 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 have um, GB and EU plates on our cars uh, from the 29th of March. They will probably, at the current rate, not be valid. Uh, that means that we won't be allowed new number plates with little with all the little stars on them or any reference to the eu we will also no matter what format of number plate we have need to display one of the big ugly oval gb stickers just like the olden days Mm -hmm. there we go yep you can of course blank out the little european stars in your gb bit and show an enger score out or Kumru or any of the various other ways of describing whales, uh, along with dragons, union flags, crosses of St. Andrews, St. Andrew even, 
or even a full Union flag. Cross of St. Andrews. That's, that's, that's the St. George's Cross, isn't it? Mm. It's like bad Scottish university joke there. Yeah, so <laughs> new number plates probably uh, uh, on the cards there as well, although I'm just going to leave mine as they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's Brexit Doom Corner now finished. Yes, Yay! it is. Right, moving into Europe, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's been right. approval from MEPs, so now the European Transport Safety Council is going to impose several mandatory safety items that must be fitted to new cars starting in, I believe, 2021. Amongst that will be mandatory speed limiters and data logging. I don't like either of those as ideas. No, I think both of those are wrong. You can, apparently, you will be able to get around the mandatory speed limit uh, if you really mash the pedal. But if you do it repeatedly or for a long period of time, you will get warnings and buzzes. And I would presume they will have some sort of system that talks back to some authorities that eventually will say. Probably being a little bit tinfoily there at the end. Right. So what's the data logging for then? Oh, but that's for safety. Is it really? It's because it's in case you're in a crash. So So now let's let's just dial back a bit. You know when they first said all cars must come with a phone SIM because we have to do this SOS because that's for safety. Mm -hmm. And then all the manufacturers went, oh, bloody hell, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I wonder, is there any way we can maybe claw a bit of money back from that? <gasps> Why don't we connect everything up to our cars? That's brilliant. We'll become the central hub of their lives. And you know what? If we're really nice, we can sell their data on to people. Because you know what? We've got to make some cash back. And no one will mind that they're being tracked and everything. So... Now, when this data logging comes in, do we not think that a conversation along these lines will happen of, hmm, with this data logging? Do you, no, 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 no. I'll tell that? you what it's for. I'll tell you what it's for. It's so that the faster you go, they can stream louder music to your car. That's what <laughs> it is. Yeah, great. So I fundamentally disagree with the data logging under privacy and I disagree with the speed limiter under that's just a really stupid idea and dangerous it it is actually more dangerous because all that means people will try and snip wires and do all sorts of stuff to stop it happening yep Um, but they're also going to say uh, that lane keeping assist must be Mandatory autonomous emergency braking must be mandatory. Now, I don't like the autonomous emergency braking because there's so many false positives. It is. That or it well. just goes, oh, can't operate tonight. I don't feel like it. I've driven with systems like that. It's like, no, no, not working today. Bing. Well, I've had it that I've driven around a corner and there's cars parked on the corner and it's just, it can, it is only looking straight ahead and goes, there's a car and slams the brakes on. I mean, of, not, of cars I've had recently, that. I've nearly been hit twice because the car's done that. Well, no, I've not had that. I've been very lucky. Yeah. So I, I, I applaud the fact that they are trying to make things safer. I did not just teach people to drive better. 
Sorry, would it not well, be cheaper? This is the fundamental flaw with any argument that says let's put technology in to make cars safer and make driving safer because, you know, 90% of accidents are down to humans. Well, that's because cats don't drive. But that's an irrelevant <laughs> argument anyway, and it makes me very cross every time someone throws that at me. But the but the real thing, if if people truly, truly believed that they were doing this for safety reasons, they would be pouring a fraction of the money they are pouring into developing this technology into better education of people and making the tests even harder to pass to get a license. If if they truly meant it to be that safety was the core of everything, but it's not. We know that. We can see I, that because they're not doing and, that. And then, you know, you think to the, was it a Volkswagen Polo advert that was banned recently? Mm. I know we talked about it. And they said, no, 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 it's showing an unrealistic amount of... Um, Everything being caught by these safety systems. Well, these are the same safety systems that other people are now saying they're mandating because they catch all those things which people complained about in the advert and then banned the advert. Yep. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's it. Perfect. Hmm. Okay. Well, whatever. Well, enough of hypocrisy corner. And I'm going to move on to another pet. Uh, everyone, I, I should have warned you to strap in for this. these next two it's items. It's all right. We're almost done with this stuff, by the way, everyone. Yeah, we are. Now, we mentioned, again, this probably actually should have been in follow-up as well, now I think about it, but we mentioned a while ago that there was a um, a public, um, in, no, not inquiry, but it's consultation, sorry, is the word I was looking for, yes. with the Law Commission of England, Wales, uh, and that was combined with the Scottish Law Commission. And they were investigating the uh, the legal implications for autonomous vehicle and autonomous vehicle technology. Now yes. that happened over, I think it was four months. This consultation was out there. It was actually quite a comprehensive document. It was generally written in plain English. It wasn't always, but it was pretty, it wasn't bad. Um, and, and then it gave examples and stuff. It was quite, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, the, uh, the faculty of advocates, which is, obviously from uh, Scotland, has responded, um, comprehensively responded, according to this article, that they question, <laughs> they've put it in very nice language, but they're essentially saying the use of AI and machine learning or AI techno AI software and machine learning will mean or could mean that it's impossible to identify the cause of accidents involving a vehicle that has this fitted and is using that as the basis of software. Essentially what they're saying is that there is no way to understand why AI and ML makes the decisions they make. Mm -hmm. So how on earth is anyone supposed to understand? So you can't, because of that, you cannot then dive into it and go, oh, it's at this line on the code every time it decides to go left at this point instead of straight on. There is no way to do that because it is because they they do not follow the principles of safety critical software processes. No. When there are accidents and, and things like that, it's worth remembering in Scotland that the uh that the legal system is different from England and Wales. Uh, and that not only do you have uh innocent and guilty You've also got not proven. And what I believe that this would, would mean is that 
any case coming up that relies on neural networks and these kind of uh, these kind of decision making systems uh, would probably end up going straight to to not proven uh, in there in that which is well it's it's neither of the other two really isn't it mm. so so yeah that that's that's an interesting point which is probably more pertinent in Scotland where you can have three different verdicts as opposed to just just two well it means in in England and Wales they can't come to any conclusion it has it ends up going to innocent innocent just is kind of how it goes but, the but good, you're right it's the good, not a the, proper conclusion the good thing is this is another set of professionals who have spotted the fundamental flaw on the nonsense we have been told about how wonderful AVs are going to be when people have been pushing AI and machine learning as going to cure everything, all our ills. So we all need to be... Why I've included it is even before I've I've got my autonomous vehicle special editions, I don't know how many it is. This, this, could, be, this could be 10 or 11 of them at this, appear, at this rate. Uh, but before I've got that out, because I thought this was so important that everybody really, really needs to understand it, if you're not aware, this software cannot be allowed to drive vehicles on the road because we have no way to know what it is doing uh, or what it has done. And more importantly, we cannot guess or, or we cannot, yeah, we can't guess, let alone say with certainty that it will make the decision time after time in the same situation. There is no way to prove that that will happen. And in, if that's the case, we would be replacing one unknown, which is the human, which is a risk. We're, we all acknowledge that we are a risk behind the wheel with a different risk that we don't know what they're going to do. That doesn't seem sensible to me. Here endeth the lesson. Okay, well, I don't really know that I've got anything to follow that with. No, well, there is no smart answer to that one, I'm afraid. No, there isn't. And I'm not silly enough to say one thing or the other. By the way, that little article that we've just been talking about that got him quite so riled is it's only about 800 words long. So if even that. So do have a little read because it is, again, it's in pretty much plain English. It's, it's, it's plain English bordering on legal English, but not complete legalese mm-hmm. in there. It, it is worth a, a two minute click. Yep. And we don't often use the. I'll just close the site now. But it, it's not a source that we often Faculty use. Of ag, ad, uh, is it Faculty of ag, Advocates? I think it was. Yeah, Scottish Faculty of Advocates. There we go. We don't spend a lot of time perusing their website. However, what you should consider doing is perusing motoringpodcast.com and clicking the big orange Become a Patron button uh, that's right there on the front page. And really, you should do that if you feel it is worth giving Motoring Podcast a small amount of your hard-earned cash every month. Thank you so much. We've had a couple of new patrons in the last week and also people tweaking the tweaking their donation which is hugely appreciated we do notice it we do realize it happens and and thank you thank you very very much we understand that not everyone is able to do that so please don't forget to like rate and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice Uh, we understand that if you've done all of that then you are wonderful and that telling a friend 
is the should be the next thing on your list of brilliant ways to support us. If for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show, how's about doing so? Uh, using a podcast player, make sure that we come to you every week without any anxiety or worry that you might miss out uh, on the next show. If you're not sure how to do that, do please get in touch. Contact details at the end of the show and one of us or one of our other awesome listeners will give you a hand to actually do that, be it listening to it on your phone or playing it back through your car. Here endeth guilt a minute. Mm-hmm. Which was shorter than Andrew's lesson beforehand. Yes. Amen, etc. We didn't get angry. <laughs> no. Come on, tell us some good news though, Alan. Come on. Uh, Festival of the Unexceptional, Saturday the 20th of July 2019 at the Clayton Estate in Buckinghamshire. Entries are finally open for the Concord. So if you've got something unexceptional but awesome as a result, do please uh, register your car to enter the concourse uh, with the chance to win best of show mm. can't remember what one last year uh, spectator tickets will be available in april so don't go nuts their website is unexceptionalcars.co.uk link as always in the show notes yep yep there's no motorsport news this week because everyone's having a bit of a lie down and a rest but we have virtual motorsport. We do. This is, to anyone who is who has done a bit of gaming, with a uh, racing gaming particularly, <laughs> will have heard of the name Codemasters. And they've just signed a partnership deal with the uh, Motorsport Network. Now, Motorsport Network own Autosport. They used to have Motors uh, TV in this country. They also have got the Motor One websites around the world and they were actually helping or they are actually helping to run the Le Mans e-series at the moment where the final winners will actually be racing in Le Mans on obviously on uh, simulation rigs at the same time as the 24-hour race is going on. Now they they're like it's going to be just like the real race because there's going to be teams of them and they're all going to be doing stints each and everything, and they're all they're all doing this via Forza Motorsport Seven, uh, which I particularly like. But uh, I I actually got when I was at Autosport I got to watch them in action and by crikey for a game that's not uh, I don't know the politest way I can put this it's not one that favours the steering wheel over a controller the the peop, the the drivers were doing a fantastic job and i mean that was a 2 hour race they did at all sport but I, i'm digressing cuz codemasters don't make this but, but you're way off way off on a tangent but it's a tangent i can't help you get back from no, they, I'm sorry, but this yeah. is that was meant to demonstrate how motorsport network have suddenly noticed esports particularly e racing and how uh, that's that's grabbed their attention so Codemasters make things like Dirt. There's Dirt 2 has just come out or is just coming out now. And that's going to be the first championship that comes through this partnership. Uh, there's also Grid, Onrush and uh, F1 uh, race games. So it'll be interesting to see how it happens because at the minute that Le Mans eSports series is free to view on mm-hmm. via the YouTube channel and stuff. So hopefully... Motorsport Network don't put it behind a paywall, which I know their site, a lot of their stuff that they have on their site is now 
to view. But hopefully they'll support it with advertising instead. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes, but that's that's actually a really, really big deal in the esports side of things. Um this it'll be interesting to see how this goes because I esports is only gonna get bigger and bigger and as racing games get closer and closer to reality, then particularly the more simulation ones, then I think well, all the major racing teams in the various competitions they have connections to to uh e-racers and stuff like this so it's 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 much more mainstream than it used to be let's put it that way agreed totally agreed next up we don't have a lunchtime read this week so we've we've got to learn a lunchtime watch instead um and it, this week it is well it's carfection now, Carfection, I always think, you know, tune into Carfection, watch some supercars, it's going to be great. This time they've done something different. Henry Catchpole, Rory Reed, Drew Stern, Rich Duesberg, Alex Guy, George Peck, and Piaggio Ape Racing. It is absolutely cracking. This is one of, I haven't laughed as much at a YouTube video for quite a while. It's 12 minutes. Uh, there's no naughty words. It's it's excellent. It's really good. Do please go have a watch, um, especially if you watched uh, if, if you watched uh, maybe last week's Top Gear uh, and saw people in three wheeled vehicles and it wasn't wonderful. Uh, then this this is this is brilliant. So do do have have a watch of them hitting hitting up um, hitting up a karting track with uh, Piaggio Apes. Uh, it's it's worth uh, all 12 minutes, 21 seconds. Definitely. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, the list of the week actually is, well, it's, it's really in honour of the good news from PSA because the title says that it is, because it's Autocar 1. I was about to say, oh, no, it's Autocar. No, but don't. It's okay. We know that we know the trick. You yeah. click on the picture, it comes up in its own little window and everything's fine. But this is the apparently, allegedly, the greatest ever Peugeots. I I like this list because I've seen most of these cars. Because if you are ever, for whatever reason, near social, sort of just between Dijon and um, Strasbourg, very much at the Strasbourg end, then it is then the Peugeot Museum is there. It's absolutely fantastic, and that's where pretty much all of these is for from and and it's the yeah these greatest ever Peugeots and it's it's great I mean do you have a particular favorite Andrew well I'm particularly liking the 1936 302 I think that's how you pronounce it uh, that's the one with the oh no that's the 406 okay I, I can't find it oh it's blue yes Dalma it is beautiful I have seen that very car it's the most fantastic sculptural thing mm. yeah no, it's it's great. I personally am a bit of a sucker for. I don't know. I prefer. I'm just having a very quick flick. Oh yes, of course it's in there. The Peugeot five hundred four coupe and the five hundred four cabriolet. Mm-hmm. Wonderful looking car by by Pininfarina. Just just beautiful. It's definitely well up my list. And there's newer ones too. The Peugeot five hundred five, particularly an SRI. SRI. Yeah. Particularly like those and uh, and the wagon varieties. And I've always liked the um, the three hundred six. I think 
yeah, there's a 306 Rally in there. Um, the other one's a 406 Coupe. I took a picture of one in Zurich not so long ago, and mm. I shoved it on the Instagram, and it got loads of likes, many tens of likes. Yeah, More so than hundreds by now, actually. So there's there's 33 slides. Go and enjoy. No, it's 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 a good one that actually because I think there's lots of cool stuff to choose from, and I love the fact that there's loads of. It goes from horseless carriages in 1886 right the way through to 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 modern, yep. modern Peugeots. Yep. So it's it's a goodie. Well done, Autocar. It is. It is a very good list. Well done. I think we're and finaling, aren't we? We are and finaling and and finaling this week. Uh, you'll notice that it's been kind of quiet, other than the usual sort of legal stories going on. That's because that's because it's uh, it's it's the Geneva Motor Show for the middle of next week. All the PRs so, are all lying in a darkened room, aren't they? At the minute, just humming no, to whale music that's or something. Afterwards, <laughs> right at the minute, they're hammering away at keyboards, oh. trying to write press releases, inhaling Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, inhaling Red Bull, and that'll go on until maybe Friday night. Mm-hmm. Thursday night, certainly. Friday night, by the time they've ushered people home, and then they will lie in a darkened room, and we will have two weeks of no news after that whilst they all recover. Because <laughs> that, that's that's what's happened every year we've done the motoring podcast, um, and that's very much the, the, the case. So that's why it's been a bit legally and not very interesting-y um, news this week. However... News just in, there is a new Bangonomics magazine available from uh, from our friend James Ruppert. So, yeah, it's free. It's online. It's at bangonomics.com slash magazine. And it's 31 pages of Bangonomics-y stuff. Mm. Do have a read. It is only available online and in electronic format, but it's, it's a format that if you've got a tablet uh, or a phone, you can... Treat it like a kindly thing. Uh, big article on Lazy Boy Garage, where he successfully didn't bid on one of the cars for me. <laughs> Success from my point of view. And so loads of pics from that. Bits about tires, Haynes manuals, Volvo Amazons. Loads of loads of stuff. Yep. Looks very good. Loads of lots of stuff. Looks very good. Do, do go have a click and a read and... and and pass on to any friends that you know that would enjoy that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a published by it's an issue, I S S U U. So I believe you can probably get it through their app as well. Uh, which is everything for this week, isn't it? It is. Any parish notes, Andrew? Yes. There was a rear view out last Friday with uh, with photographer Lara Platman. Yep. Special edition this week. Yes. And the other one is that next weekend we will be, well... In the same place at the same time. <laughs> yeah, same place at the same time. Mine is dependent on... Family. Family biology. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes it sound far worse than it than it is. Uh, but yes, my, my attendance, I really hope to be there. Um, but it, it does depend on another factor as well. So we'll be at Kronos and Cars, which is a BAC factory. Yes. Facility in Liverpool. So I said, oh, yes. 
braving the Northwest, and so we will actually both be at the same place at the same time. Uh, so that's on Sunday morning. If you're going to uh, give us a shout, let us know, and if you bump into us there, say hi. Please do, yeah. And we'll go, who? Or we'll be embarrassed that somebody's embarrassed. No, actually what happens is we get incredibly embarrassed that somebody's recognized us. Yes. So it normally goes <laughs> on these occasions. Anyhow, don't forget, folks, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts on the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please uh, don't forget about our patron available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. And please, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more about your family's biology, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Just don't ask me about it. It's it's nothing that I'm involved in, honestly. I hope not. <laughs> no, well, probably it would be kind of weird if I was. Uh, so, no, my, my, <laughs> my impending niece or nephew, yeah, d- there's nothing to ask me, really. But it's via Twitter, where I'm at A-J-P Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back next week, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.